Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning, Bethlehem Covenant Church. It is great to uh, to talk with you here on this January 14th. Boy, it has been a snowy and cold entering into this new 2024 year. Um, we've already had uh, three days of school that were canceled, and our kickoff to our uh, Wednesday night uh, midweek uh, programs and small groups was having to be canceled too. It's, uh, you know, just a really cold and snowy one out there. And then, of course, being out on a country road, uh, our roads aren't always done as quick as in town. And so uh, sometimes we can't uh, do the things we would like to do. And so, but thank God uh, for uh, some technology here and ability to be able to still uh, get into the Word of God together and be able to share together uh, this morning or whenever it is that you're watching this. A couple announcements uh, for you. Uh, One is all of our small groups, youth groups, and midweek and everything, they have begun now. And so this Wednesday night, come on out. If you have teenage kids, go to the Cove uh, where they have youth groups or come to the church if you've got elementary age kids or want to be a part of our Bible studies. We have many different men and women's Bible studies. You can find that information on your church email or you can call the church office and I can let you know everything that's going on. Um, But we invite you to be a part of that. We also have a marriage retreat coming up. Uh, It is February 9th through the 11th out at Covenant Cedars Camp. And uh, me and Carrie are going to that, and some others from the church are going. It's going to be a great time. If you would like to kick off the year and spend a little time with your spouse and get to know again uh, one another and be able to grow in some things in your relationship, uh, just uh, come talk to me or go to cedars.org, that website, and register right online there. And you can see uh, how to do that. That's good. We also have some youth events coming up, some middle school and high school events going skiing, as well as Winter Jam, a a Christian concert, uh, and those are happening at the start of February, but registration is open for those now. You can find that on our website or on uh, the Facebook page. Waverly Cove has a Facebook page of its own, but you can find it through Bethlehem Covenant Church's one too, if you want to, but, or talk to Pastor Tobias about those things, uh, and he can get your kids registered. Um, all right, well, we, if you got your Bibles, and what we're going to get right into this today, uh, from Psalm 119. So if you turn over to Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16, and then uh, also I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 17, as well for us to kick off our morning and our, our sermon here. So from Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16, it says this, How can a young person keep on the way of purity? And it says, By living according to your Word, I seek you with all of my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that have come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees, and I will not neglect your word. And then uh, Psalm 119, verse 105, says the famous verse, Your word is a lamp 
for my feet and a light unto my path. And then over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training up in righteousness, so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This morning, I want to talk to you about something very dear to my heart. That is the Word of God. The Word is so dear to me that it is what I have chosen to spend my life studying and teaching and sharing with others. Because I believe that these pages are not man's words, but God's Word. They reveal the truth of God to us and life and salvation in Christ. And these words, if we read them and believe in them and put them into practice, they can change your life. To many in this world, the Bible is just an old book, just some mythology, ancient religion. To others, it's just a bunch of rules uh, that don't apply anymore. Some see the Bible as oppressive and needing to be changed, updated to the times. To me, it is the eternal life-giving Word of God. It is my daily bread. It is the lamp unto my feet, the very words of God. It is the revelation of God and who we are and what our place is in the world. I have received many Bibles in my life. I have never been able to throw any of them away, even when they are broken bindings and missing pages. For example here, <laughs> a stack of Bibles. Um, but I turned uh, to this Bible so many times, uh, the binding has come done, and the Sermon on the Mount is completely missing. Somewhere along the line it fell out, Matthew 5 to 7. Um, but I still keep this uh, Bible in my office. I received this Bible when I was eight years old, presented to me, Danny Olson, by Ruby Jean, my great aunt on July 10th in 1983. I received this Bible from my grandparents uh, back in 1985, uh, Grandma and Grandpa Olson. And uh, in it, Grandpa wrote Psalm 119.9, the, uh, the verse I just opened for us today. I received this Bible from my home church in Colorado Springs, where I grew up, Faith Covenant Church. It was given to me on the occasion of confirmation. May 21, 1989. I have some things here, some notes I must have written when I was in youth group or something about some important things. Uh, I have this Bible that I had when I was in college. And uh, through it, and there's many different pages and things here where I have notes uh, that are written in the margins and thoughts that I, that I had uh, back then. And it's really interesting to go back uh, to this Bible and to look at the things that I wrote and the things I was thinking about when I was in college in those days trying to find uh, my place in the world. There are uh, many different translations of the Bible. 
There's the King James Version, the English Standard, the Revised, the New Living, the Message, the New International Version, which is the one I use most often. Uh, there are many debates as to what is the best translation, but in my study, you know, they all try to faithfully and accurately translate the original Hebrew and Greek. I want to show you a picture right now. This is a photo of me and my grandma sitting on her couch. I was probably 16 when this photo was taken. I wanted to show you this because this is where I come from. This is partly why the Word of God is so uh, what it is in my life. Look at my grandma. Look at the face uh, that she has in this photo. She is 80 plus and still that Bible student from Moody Bible College. She is still so in love with her Savior and so excited uh, by the Word of God and sharing it with another. She has her fist pump ready and you can see it in her eyes. She is probably preaching to me right now. She probably had read something that morning that spoke to her and got her excited and she couldn't wait to tell me how great is our God. Uh, Grandma was the first in her family to believe in God. Her parents dropped her and her sister off at a kids program at the neighborhood church and it was just a small country church and some of the ladies of that church had a Bible study and so when grandma was only 13 they invited her to join them and she did. And that is when grandma really heard the gospel and gave her life to the Lord and, and the ladies gave her a Bible and told her to read it every day. And she did. She eventually led her sister to the Lord, my great aunt Ruby, who gave me my first Bible. And then um, grandma also eventually led her parents to the Lord as well. And when I was in middle school and high school, grandma invited me to come to her house once a week for Bible study. She was a Bible study teacher in my life. Now, I didn't just have a grandma. But my mom and dad loved the Lord and his word too. I watched my mom every morning get up and get on the couch and with her coffee and Bible start her day. She was meeting with the Lord and she was finding her strength and she was praying for me and my sister. My dad also, he was a man of deep convictions and shaped by the word of God. And so, you see, this is what I knew. This is how I grew up and why the Bible is so important to me. The Bible was used in my family. It was laying on the coffee table and the side table and often opened and discussed, even on vacations. I remember camping and, and grandma had her scriptures packed and she was outside the cabin before breakfast reading it. I mean, these are the people that taught me where to find the answers where and how to meet with God. It's my family. There is a beautiful story found in 2 Kings 22. And I don't have time to read it for you, but I want to tell you about what it says. It's about King Josiah. He became king over Israel when he was only eight years old. Obviously, he had adults who were running things when he was a child, but it says when he turned 18, he started calling the shots. And the temple of God was in ruins in his day. It was neglected. Solomon's temple. Generations had passed and the people had fallen away from God and, and any knowledge of him. And the country was full of idols and the temple was just a run-down abandoned building, believe it or not. So Josiah, when he turned 18, 
he raised money and he got a group together and they decided to do work on that temple. Who knows why? But it says that as they were working on the temple, they found the book of the law, the Hebrew Bible, the Torah, the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They found it underneath the rubble of the temple. So it says that the secretary of the king uh, gave it to the king Josiah and, and in fact read it to him. It says in 2 Kings 22, 11, that when the king heard the word of the book of the law, he was so convicted in his heart, it changed him. He tore his robes, he gave orders to all of his attendants, and they came and shared it, and he shared it with them first, his leaders, about how the Lord has got to be angry with them as a people, for he had saved them out of slavery, brought them to the promised land, and they ended up doing exactly what Moses had warned them not to do. They had forgotten the Lord, forgotten his commands and his decrees and the things that he had done. They had literally lost the word. <laughs> and so King Josiah at age 18 then, his first item of business, you know, is gathering all the people of his country together. And he read the word to them, it says. All the people from the least to the greatest. He read out loud the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. And all the people pledged themselves to the Lord and to his covenant. The king ordered that all the idols be torn down across the land and the altars and the high places be burned. And, and they recommitted their life and their country to God. And they started coming to worship in the temple again. They celebrated Passover again. And the word of God became central to their life again, the lamp unto their feet. The country was turned around. It experienced a great time of peace and prosperity under King Josiah. The Bible has a way of teaching us and showing us who we are when we forget and what we need to do, what God is wanting us to hear today. We read a story, you know, even like that one of King Josiah, and the Holy Spirit can take that story as we're reading or listening to it and speak right to our heart and mind. And we begin to see ourselves in that story. We begin to hear God's direction for us today of how we have lost the Bible in our own homes. We haven't picked it up or read it or followed it. We haven't taught it to our children, and yet the scriptures are to have a high place in our daily life or we forget God. But if we do as King Josiah did and gather our family and begin to read the word of God again in our home and practice what he's teaching us, we will experience a turnaround in our life and in our homes just like King Josiah did. The Bible is not a read-through-once type of book. It's a daily time with God and his word where I am connecting to the heart of God. God still speaks to his people and guides them and encourages them and corrects and shapes his people through all the different seasons of our life. He does this by his word and through his spirit, which helps us apply that word to our particular situation. The word of God is meant to be read and heard and believed and applied. It doesn't need changing to fit the times because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is just as true today as it was back then. The Bible is not a secret code book. 
It is a series of stories and promises and commands that teach us who God really is and what God cares about and his characters and ways and our salvation and how he calls us to live. His word builds greater faith in us, points us to our Savior, convicts us of sin, teaches us how to love our neighbors and lead our families and how to serve God with the time that we have been given. Last week we looked at how a healthier life in Christ begins in prayer. In the evening, you know, a prayer of examine, reflecting upon our day. Search me, O God, and know me. Know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive ways in me and lead me in a way of everlasting. We pray at the end of the day, reflecting on our day and asking God to show us things. And then it also is a prayer in the morning, starting our day like Jesus did, going off to a solitary place to pray. To have a healthier walk with God, we need daily prayer to start and end our day. But here this week, I'm teaching us and showing us we also need time in his word. That's the particular discipline that I share with you this morning, the importance of God's word in our daily walk with him. I personally try to, to set apart that early morning time uh, in prayer, and also that's the time when I try to read a little from the word of God. Others I know of, they use their lunch break or a different time in their day. It doesn't matter when you do it. It just matters that you do take some time to spend in God's word every day and that we're open to the teaching of the Lord and what he wants to show us. Because the primary way the Holy Spirit speaks to believers today is through God's word. And if you're not in his word, you will have a hard time hearing from God. You might say, well, I've tried to read the Bible, but stopped because I don't understand it, or I don't know where to begin, or even how to read the Bible. Well, the Bible is set up with an Old and a New Testament. The Old Testament is, begins with creation and the stories of how God revealed himself to Abraham and the people of Israel, this family, and how God saved them out of Egypt and then led them to the promised land. And how they, like all of us, kept turning away from God, and God kept calling them back. We learn from their story in the Old Testament of who God is and how God leads us. The New Testament begins with the story of Jesus, God's Son, and our salvation. And how he did miracles, the things that he taught us, and the disciples, and the start of the church, and the mission, and how we're supposed to live each day as Christians. It's important to know the basic outline, you see, of the Bible, and then just start reading. Ask God in prayer to help you understand his word. And if you get to a part that you don't understand, like all of the book of Leviticus, <laughs> just pray about it. Ask somebody else in the church or text or call me. I have different people who text me all the time and say, what does this mean? And I respond. When I was younger, I really liked the New Testament most because it was a little easier for me to understand. It was the stories of Jesus and the apostles and all the letters of Paul that tell us the practical things of how we live out our faith. And in my Bible, there were notes at the bottom to help me understand context or words that I didn't understand. So today, I often encourage people, if you're going to start reading the Bible, begin with Matthew and the New Testament and just read a chapter a day or a half a chapter. It won't take you long, just a few minutes. And then think a little bit 
about what you read. Just pray about it. My grandmother always taught me to ask three questions when, after you've read something in the Bible. Those three questions are, what does the scripture teach me about God? What does this scripture teach me about what he wants me to do? And is there something here in this scripture that really speaks to me? Those three questions become the starting point of really listening to the word and applying it, letting it shape our understanding of God and ourselves and his purposes and ways. I am always fascinated at how God speaks. For I may read something in the morning and, and then later in that day or week, as I'm thinking about it still, something will happen and God will remind me of what I read that morning and how I need to apply it right now in forgiving of this person who has just wronged me or how I need to give to this person in need or trust him with this particular situation I now find myself in. God will often bring to mind that which I just read. The Bible is not a horoscope or a fortune cookie where every day your question is answered or your life choice is affirmed. <laughs> it's not like that. It's more about getting into the word every day and letting it shape you over time and the way that you look upon yourself and your word. You may not even realize the change that the word of God is having on you until months or years later and something happens that you weren't expecting and that is when the word and its impact on your mind and your heart and faith will be seen. For the truth is in your mind and you have peace in the middle of the storm because that word has shaped the way you look at things and you know God is faithful in that moment and is going to help you through it. How do you know it? Because of all the time you spend in the Word, learning about Abraham and how God was that for him, and David and Esther and Peter and what God did through him. And so you know he will do that for you because you know it because the Word is now planted in you and has shaped the way you are seeing things around you. The Word shapes our knowledge of God and, and to be able to trust him in that moment. So the, it's the fruit of the daily times that we spend in the word that come out in our life when we need it most. We don't wait till the bottom drops out of our life before turning to the word. We get into it today so that when those troubles and trials and of life happen, we're ready to face them. We're already in that relationship with God. We already have that time in the word to, spent to help build us up for this moment. So to be healthy, you need to be in the Word every day. Last year, I was sick all the time. I was catching every cold. I didn't have the air in my lungs like I used to. I was just sick all the time, and I was tired. Uh, I went to the doctor to figure out what was going on. They ran tests. They sent me to an allergist and then an asthma person, and they tested me for foods too, and they put me on a, a daily allergy pill uh, once a day. I also had to take an inhaler um, and a Flonase thing, and, and, and I had to avoid certain foods that I couldn't eat now. I just it wasn't reacting well with me. And I'll tell you, this fall and winter, I have not been sick. <laughs> it's a completely different year. I am breathing better. My immune system is stronger. These daily things they gave me to do actually help. 
I say this because if you would allow me to do the same for you that they did with me, if you want to be healthier in your mind and your spirit and your marriage and more able to do the jobs that God has given you to do and live your life for him and others, then please take this prescription. Get into the word of God every day. Find your Bible again and open it. Read it. Take your daily medicine. Spend time with your Lord. Take 10 to 15 minutes of prayer and reading some of your word and, and thinking about it during the day. And I promise you, you may not even realize the impact it's having, but over the weeks and the months and years ahead, your mind will just be healthier, more like Jesus, more faith, more love, more hope. You will know the truth and be able to discern the lies as they pop up. And instead of worry, you'll know the peace of God. And your ministries will be more fruitful because the primary way that the Lord speaks to his people today is by his spirit through his word. You will see the difference, I promise you. It will be life-giving. Have you ever counted the number of hours a day you're looking at your phone. I did just recently, and it was scary. I didn't realize how much I turned to it. A little here and there and scrolling Facebook or Instagram or looking up this or watching that on YouTube. Both we uh, ourselves and our kids are downloading and looking at the stuff of the world all day long and it's filling our brains we have to think about what we're consuming and what is shaping us and if it's helping us have greater faith love and hope or not what if we took just a little less time <laughs> on our phones and replaced it with a little more time in his word the life-giving word of god what would happen to our brains? How would they be rewired and structured? <laughs> what kind of thoughts would we start to have instead of the ones we're currently having? I think we would all be a little healthier. I want to give you a few verses to think about this week. The first is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, a really good verse for us parents and grandparents to think about the place of God's word in our homes. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the commands I give you today, may they be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the very doorframe of your houses. This verse is telling us that God's word needs to be a part of our everyday real lives at home. Not just something that we hear at church or hear from, uh, you know, our youth pastor or whatever, a youth group. But we need to hear this word from our moms and our dads too. Hear it talked about and applied in the real world. We parents are instructed by God to teach the word to our kids and how to apply it. We're to impress it upon them. We're to talk about it when we sit and when we rise and when we go out. The word of God needs to be a part of the way that our kids see us doing life. That doesn't mean we need to spend hours a day reading it, but if you're reading it in the morning for yourself, 
What are you giving to your kids? They need to eat too. Maybe you could read a chapter from a kid's Bible to them before they go to bed. There's some really good kids' Bibles uh, out there that Pastor Jessica could show you or even give you. Could you read a chapter at dinner and discuss it with your teenage kids? There was a family in Canada that we knew and loved. Uh, we went to their house for dinner, and they have a Bible on their kitchen table. And they, when they eat dinner together every night, they read one chapter out of that Bible. A different one of them will take turns, and they'll read it, and they'll say a little prayer. When we ate at their house for dinner, they still did it with us there. How does God want you to help your kids see the importance of reading and listening and believing and applying the Bible to our daily life as God's way of speaking and directing us as Christians? I learned from my, my family that the Bible was God's word and important. I saw it lived. The second verse I want to leave with you, though, today is that Psalm 119, 9 through 16 and 105. This is the scripture I read at the beginning, and it speaks of how can a young person keep their way pure by living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This verse reminds us that the Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We live in a dark world. We need the light. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, and each of us at different times in our life turns away. But the Word of God keeps calling us back to the path. Even the Word that was taught us long ago in Sunday school class or with Grandma, it's planted in us. It's hidden in our heart. And the Spirit at different times in our life will convict us and keep calling us back home. His Word is a lamp in the darkness. The Word should shape our behaviors not the desires of our flesh or popular opinions of our day, but the word is to shape us. It is a light into our path. You don't know this, but there have been many times in my office where I have just broken down and cried as God has spoken right to me and into my heart. I'll be reading the Bible there alone or preparing for a sermon, not realizing that God is showing me something that day. God is waking me up, getting my attention when I've started to wander into sin or bad habits or wordy. His word lights my path. His word convicts us of sin and also reminds us of his love and forgiveness and, and hope. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating the soul and judging our thoughts and our attitudes. And so if our desire is to please God and walk in obedience, then we got to be in his word like Psalm 119 says, and we got to pray it. Lord, I seek you with all of my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in riches. I meditate, which simply means think about your ways and delight in your decrees. We don't change the Bible to fit our understanding. We let the Bible change our understanding. Romans 12, 2 says we aren't to conform to the patterns of the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might know his good and pleasing and perfect will. So time in his word, like Psalm 119 says, keeps us in the light and keeps pointing us to the light. And then the last verse I want to leave with you today is 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. 
It says, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason I mention this Scripture is because the Word of God is not just something we're to think about or study for study's sake. That is what the Pharisees did or the teachers of the law did. They knew every letter, but they never lived by it. Never let it humbly change them. They didn't love God or love others. We, on the other hand, are to be in the Word every day, not to become experts in the law, but doers of the Word. James 1.22 says, Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Jesus said, Those who build their house on a rock are those who not only listen to what I say, but they put it into practice. We are supposed to be doing both. To read and study and meditate on the word and put it into practice. To believe it and line our lives up to it. To let it train us for a mission to not just be experts who can quote verses and argue points but people broken by the love of God and living in his grace and knowledge of him going out then and serving others better loving better being a better witness living better because of our time in the word The word, you see, is training us for a mission. God is equipping us for every good work. If you are not applying the word, no wonder you hate reading it. It would be like someone who only ever read about travel but never got on a plane. Or someone who only studied the manual of a Corvette but never took one out for a spin. What a tragedy! The Bible is to be lived experienced. We read about Moses and Esther and David and Peter and Mary, and then we answer the call of God to go and serve in our time and in the ways that he's calling us. The word will become stagnant in our life if we are not living it, applying it, and letting it change our soul and behavior, moving us to greater faith. If it isn't, we aren't reading it right. All scripture is from God. Every chapter and verse useful to teaching and mentoring and training us for the mission and the purpose God has for us. His word makes us wise for salvation and equipped for every good purpose. You want to be more healthy? Get into the word of God every day. Be like my grandma who into her 80s was still excited to get up and open her Bible and taste and see that the Lord is good. Be like King Josiah and go find in your home the book of law which has been lost and open it again. And don't just read it, but do it. Let it change you, your mind, your heart, your behaviors. For what exciting things might happen if we became people of the word again. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.